0: One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris.
1: And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. Uh, It's November now. The weather's starting to get cooler. Uh, and it's, you know, still crazy times for all of us, but uh, we thank you for listening in. Uh, and we have an amazing show for you today. The person that that's going to be with us today is a returning guest. She's also an empowerment coach, author, and speaker, bringing motivated women around the world from powerless to powerful in every aspect of life. Her advice can be found in Forbes, Cosmopolitan, Insider, and Thrive Global. And her YouTube channel provides a wealth of knowledge around love and empowerment, and her new book, "Powered Love Dating," it's not so new. It was new when we talked the first it was time. New last so, time, yeah. <laughs> it was new last time, but our new book, we'll still call it new, uh, is a. I'm not uh, done well,
2: my next one yet, so. There it's we go. Still so <laughs> it's fair. All right,
1: it's a woman's real-world guide to empowered love, and is now available on Amazon. Let's bring around Michelle Baxo. So, how you doing, Michelle?
2: I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me here.
1: Oh, thanks for coming back. I had such a great time with you. It's. We don't do a lot of, we were pretty well booked out in the show and and we don't do a whole lot of repeat guests. So you're probably one of three or four that (laughs) that have repeated either that or that I didn't drive away in the first interview. So that's good. (laughs) But the topic, the topic you've got me, you know, ready to jump into what we're talking about today, which is why strong women are in terrible relationships or they're just feeling lonely. So Let's let's dive into this, Michelle. First of all, where did the, that topic come from? Is this something that you do regularly with coaching with, with your clients? Where, yeah. where did you come up with this?
2: Well, it's funny, right? And uh, you know, I find I attract a lot of clients that are similar to me and my journey and my past. And I'm someone who's always related to myself as a strong woman. It's something I aspire to be as a young girl. I always looked up to strong women. I considered myself strong as I grew along. And so, of course, I attract other women who are – on that path or relate to themselves in the same way, which, you know, brings me here. I know a lot of your listeners are entrepreneurs or people in leadership and business. And so those women probably do on some level relate to themselves as strong. So, um, but the topic came up because this just comes up a lot for the women that I work with or the people that, um, that follow me through, through my channels. And there is a, a shocking and alarming tendency for strong women, women who relate to themselves as strong or powerful, up to things, driven, inspired, like all these really incredible women who tend to be either in terrible relationships or have been in terrible relationships and therefore on some level or avoiding that happening again and so maybe aren't in relationships or aren't finding what it is that they're looking for. So I just thought, you know, what a a great platform here to talk about this because I'm certain that there are a number of people here that either deal with it themselves or – know someone or many people who are dealing with this
1: but let's be fair that's not just relegated to women either now i know that there's some role shift there yeah. right but i know a lot of strong men i'll, I'll yes. say me included that yeah got into a terrible relationship and, and don't know how i found myself there so hopefully
2: And, you know, there may be a lot of parallels, like the stuff that we're going to talk about and share. So uh, this is why it's so great having, you know, you being a man (laughs) that that we're in this conversation with, um, because yeah, there is a, there are certain tendencies that can happen when there's a certain level of strength and personal responsibility. And, and I think, yeah, you're right. Whether it's a man or a woman, we often think if I develop myself a certain way, if I become, independent if i become self-sufficient if i become uh, emotionally evolved then naturally naturally right i would attract someone that is of that is equal to that and sometimes that happens but very often not and i think it's an important thing that we talk about because it can be just so disheartening when we're doing that work thinking that it's going to result to that, to that relationship. And then, wow, I keep, you know, so for men or women, we might, one example is where strong people, why don't we say strong people? I just, I work so much with women. So I'm it's really, fair. You it's know. fair. Nobody will be offended. <laughs> no, nobody will be offended. Um, but, um, but, you know, strong people are, you know, there's this tendency, for example, to be with people who ride on the coattails of a strong person or depend on a, on a, strong person who um, you know just as one example right there can codependency can start showing up in those relationships and um, you know and I'll just dive right in one I would say yep. one of the biggest sources of that is that strong people and like I said I I see it most with strong women because that's who I work with and that's what I am <laughs> um, so I have a past of it too but strong people tend to tolerate a lot. Right then, you as a strong person can probably actually. I know a little bit about your past, right? And so it's when there's things unhealthy things going on, or like like we we're like, okay, I can handle that. I can handle that, and we tolerate, and then it can, that can quickly turn into uh, unhealthy patterns. It can turn into over accommodating. It can turn into losing ourselves. It can turn into just a straight, yeah, like I said, a straight up unhealthy, toxic relationship. And then we're thinking, wait a minute, this isn't supposed to happen to healthy, evolved, you know, (laughs) people, emotionally enlightened people. What, what, what happened? How did this happen? And, you know, if there's one message I'd want to say is, you know, we do play a part in that, in that happening.
1: I think uh, again, and you and I have shared a lot of my personal stuff. And I mm-hmm. think one of my biggest personal struggles, it, it, certainly something that's been more in my brain lately than than anything else, is like I'm I'm a fixer. I I take care yeah. of stuff. You, yeah. You bring me a problem, I'm going to go do it. But but it's this overwhelming feeling now. But who who do I get to talk about my problems with right now? Mm-hmm. Outside of a counselor and stuff, I was like, you know, every once in a while, the shoulders they they, they don't stay as strong. Right. And and when I'm having a weekday or I'm having a day where I'm not on top of my game, then I'm like, why can't you call that person? Why can't you deal with that issue? Why can't you like, is that a normal feeling in this scenario?
2: Yeah. Well, because like you said, there's roles that we play and they can happen in both directions. I would say for men, for sure. Men, um, you know, tend to be play the role of the emotional rock. It's something that even us strong women really love in, in in men and in our relationships is to not feel like we have to be the strong one all the time. but in whatever direction it is, whoever is sort of coined as the emotional rock, let's say in the relationship, it's really easy to then depend on that and get into just get into the habit of that and then there the balance is lost because of course both people need you know, sometimes need someone to lean on (laughs) to to bring up a a nineties, I think song, eighties, nineties song there, right?
1: Lean on me. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, it was interesting. Um, I had a conversation this morning and I feel the same way all the time. Um, and it's so funny. I think you and I talked about this in the past too. I can dispense advice like anybody's business, but I can't follow the same advice that I dispense. And this person was just getting bothered by mundane things that the person, like just total distraction, and was feeling upset that, you know, I was like, I've got other things to do yet. Now I got to go deal with this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, well, just, you know, this is what you say. You cut them off. And the response was like, "Mm, yeah. And it's so funny because that was the exact same feeling I had when somebody was like, well, you need to, you need to put your foot down at home and start taking care of this. And you kind of go, yeah, Yeah. what is is that apprehension? Why, why is that there?
2: Oh, well, so that conundrum is why I coined the term power love because there's two parts of us. There is the loving, compassionate, tolerant, understanding, giving part of us, whether you're a man or a woman. And then there's this other part that is, um, you know, fully aware of our sense of self, our our personal power our, our desire for control. And I don't mean that to the negative extreme, but just like, just in general, there's so, so both parts are in us and they're both, I would argue they're both primal. They're both necessary, but what we tend to do is polarize them. and, And so that we're in one extreme or the other, we're either put up the wall don't mess with me, go, you know, this is my boundary deal with it, (laughs) you know, like that kind of, um, you know, or I cut you out like that kind of response, or I'm a lone wolf, you know, so the extreme or we're all the way on the other side, which is being walked all over you know, saying yes to things we have no right to say yes to, because it's causing a big mess either for ourselves or sometimes other people that just aren't there in that moment. Right. And that can cause, you know, just a big, big messes for people in their careers or with their families or their friends. So it's, it's this, it's this tendency to go, to go from one to the other. And I think that just comes from a culture where we have polarized them. Right. And that may, we could say it's through archetypes. We can say it's through all kinds of different things, but but that's a problem when we start considering that both in almost any, I would, so I talk about relationships a lot because even whether it's in business or in love or dating or family, all of it, relationships are everything, including our relationship with ourself. But really in any aspect of life, both really need to be there to be effective, both being powerful and being loving and all that goes with those two things. So when we start... Na- so it, it can be like either sort of considering both, which I say is like navigating the in between. So in that instance, right, navigating in between. Um, just, just give me your example again, so that I can. Well, this like is very- so you
1: know, a typical. Typical conversation is it, we're, we're we're accountability partners, so our job is yeah, to yeah, hold yeah, each yeah. other accountable, and so. Uh, She'll say something like, well, this person's doing this, this, and this. And I was like, well, you need to cut this off. And it's like, yeah. And then I'll go, yeah. yeah. And this is what I'm dealing with. And she immediately will go, well, you've got to do this. Yeah. And I'm like, And you go, well. yeah.
2: So it's because like in that moment, it's like, I know what I need to do is to be like cut it off. But there's this part of me that I'm not honoring if I do that. Wow. And so it's this internal debate. So then the question becomes, how do I honor both parts? And how do I do that in a communication with another human being so that they understand my boundary, for instance, and that they are loved and cared for, but also I'm not owning their stuff. <laughs> like it's it's a very tricky, complex thing that we tend to want to avoid. So we do the easy thing, which might be
1: we just we just dropped the boundary that's what we <laughs> yeah. do. I can tell you personal experience i'm just yeah. like ah i'll deal with it next time and that's you right. get worn down and you get yeah. worn out and then you start to have that negative self talk with yourself yeah. like I,
2: and resenting the other person
1: well and we talked about the 3 r's the last time but once you yeah. get to that resentment that's when it's over right that's, and yeah, i think yeah. i think in uh, we we're we're at break so i want to pick yeah. this up when we come back but i think the, the question i really have is uh, again i'll speak personally i think my power was awakened Mm. And so therefore things that used to not bother me bother me now. And I'm dealing with it mm, mm-hmm. versus I was almost in a, a phase of unawareness that I should even be powerful in those mm-hmm. situations. So I'd yeah. love to talk about that when we come back. Yeah. Right. All right. We'll be right back with Michelle Baxo. you're listening to Rick Morris on the work-life balance. <laughs>
3: Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet, and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions. Like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? Does this new project impact our current portfolio find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling
0: endless reports again are you getting the most out of your project management software
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to the Work Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at com. Now back to the work-life balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. Look, I love I love when I get uh, messages from my listeners, especially, you know, live. And John thinks I just need to hire you in... in, in he said, uh, I need some counseling time, some one-on-one time with Michelle, <laughs> fix all my baggage. Well, what do you think I have a radio show for? I just fix it live on air. That's, That's right. what I do. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: and what a contribution that is to <laughs> there people, <it> is, really. <laughs> there it
0: is.
1: So we were talking though, uh, right before break. in and, and So I know a lot of people in this situation, uh, certainly through my association with the John Maxwell team where, um, people have, have sought, you know, they, they want something different. That's what I wanted. I, I, I knew I had a leadership lid and I knew that I had, I had previously failed at my business. So I went to uh, certification, and this world just opened up to me in that personal development world. Where I just started pulling on that piece of yarn that's never ending, right? I know, right? And, um, <laughs> but, but I feel like that's where my power was awakened. So, again, I, yeah. I, I don't think I, I knew things bothered me. I knew things bothered me, but like I accepted them all. And i I started to grow this backbone that says, I'm not going to accept that anymore. So, is that something that, that you see when we're talking about these two sides of power and love? Yeah. Is it, does one awaken? Like One awakens, right?
2: but we have to be careful. It doesn't fly all the way to the other extreme. So we can sure. become aware. Oh my gosh. Like I, wait, I am a, like, I have a moment actually when I uh, was about to leave um, a relationship in the past where a couple girlfriends said I was sharing about what I was the plans for the next year. And they were like, wait, what do you want? And I had this awakened moment where it was, you know, my first time being in a really long relationship. I think I was in my early twenties and I was like, oh my God. I've totally lost sight of who I am and what I want. I got lost in we, and it was a new thing for me at that time. And so like, so I, I, So just even that can be an awakening moment for people. And certainly, I mean, I also, um, you know, through my personal development over and over and over, it's like, wow, yes, I'm like, okay, my voice matters. There's something here. No one's going to advocate for me, nor should anyone advocate for me. This is my job to live my truth. Nobody else's. And what does that mean? Um, And so, and, you know, people, I know I dealt with that with some of my parents and different relationships, like really awakening that but what we have to be careful of is that when that's awakened that we don't bring, turn that into walls that we don't have that be the um uh like transformation as an ego trip as like a way to divide ourselves from people because we're so enlightened and you know we can't you know there's a there's a big culture right now happening around you know, don't surround yourself with toxic people and all of those things. And I agree with that to an extent, but there's something to be responsible for, too, and who we really are as humans who desire to connect and do have love and compassion.
1: Well, so I think so. I can describe my awakening a little bit better in the sense that I, I found this passion to serve others, to serve people, yes. to okay, be yes, with yes, people. Yes. And and then I noticed how selfishly my family and the relationship was living. Uh-huh. You know, don't, why would you, why would you pick up that, that tab at dinner, you know, or why would you, it was all of me, 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 my, mind, mine, what I want to save. And, and I was in this mode of, you know, really pushing blessings out because the blessings that were coming back were tenfold, mm. right? And not, mm-hmm. not only monetarily, but, but, you know, in my yeah. spirit as well. Um, and so I that you had a hard time kind of receiving
2: road. that. Like that was yeah. something that you would, yeah. Miss- okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's where that power, it, it wasn't so much like all of a sudden, you know, no, yeah. my way yeah. or the highway, yes. but you know, coming back to the women, men thing, yeah. you know, I, I find it really interesting and it, obviously it's, it, it's more of that female role, but I know a lot of women that had, um, were very powerful and then took time to take care of their little ones. They, 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 you know, had little ones. They, they did, you know, their archetypal role, if we want to call that, yeah. but lost themselves in that vision and now trying to regain themselves yes. are running into a lot of problems. What, what advice oh, do you well, have? Well, I mean,
2: that- <laughs> you were asking the right person, because literally what I grapple with right now, I have a two-year-old daughter. Um, and this was after creating, you know, my own, my, my own entrepreneurial empire and, 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 you know, being who I am out in the world and then becoming a mom. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And, um, and so what I can, what I can share about it from my own experience is there is a, it, it there's such two strong, strong, what seems like polarizing pulls that we deal with in that situation. One is like, all there is for me to do is to care for this little, this little human being that got made in my body. It's like every cell in our body, like that's what we want to do. And we can lose ourselves in that we lose a complete sense of ourselves, but that is such a, like, almost like a genetic, like it's like in our, (laughs) in our blood to lose ourselves in that. Um, and so one of the things I really worked hard at was knowing and noticing the gift it was that I could give myself my relationship to my daughter and my relationship to my partner, Tommy, when I did hold parts of me and these things like my business sacred, like my daily meditation doesn't have to be three. It can't be three hours a day, even if I wanted it to be. Mm. Um, But like, even just like prioritizing some of that to hold on to who and discover and grow who I am, who I want to be, what, who, who I am separate from being a partner, separate from being a mom. That is a really important part for us to, and I think for, for for men too, it's just a little bit more in the culture for men to hang on to that. That's a little bit more, I think, embedded in a norm. Whereas um, for for women who become moms, it, it's 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 really a, it's like an internal debate that you deal with. And so, um, but yeah, when we prioritize that, we are happier. We are we are better with ourselves. We are better with our kids. We are better with our partners. We have better sex. Like everything is better when we make that part of ourselves. So for those that don't, um, it's like, don't prioritize that. There's often a lot of unhappiness. I mean, just being a a parent is challenging for everybody involved for sure, Um, men and women. But yeah, I would say that it's just, there isn't a whole lot of modeling for, for doing both. And um, and it's also okay to be heavier in one for a little bit and heavier in another. So I obviously focused more on my business before I was a mom. When my daughter, my the first year of my daughter's life, I did a lot of focus on her, but I still hang on, hung on to some of it. I still like, I, I, you know, I did get my book written in the, in yeah. the first year of her life. You know, there's certain things, but not at the pace that I wanted to, you know, not at the, the way I thought it should look. So you, we have to be flexible and have it be okay if we change our priorities. But, um, but hanging on to that sense of self, even if it's just a little uh, is a real, is a real saving point for us.
1: I think it's a scary realization. It was for me it, how much of ourselves we did lose in that process. Yeah. I always felt like, you know, I was still I, I remember having conversations with my kids. I, I came up with this concept of the first 15. And really, I was trying to get them to prioritize their chores and things for us. And and I used to walk them through my day. And I was like, all right, I get up, I get you guys to school then I work, I come pick you up from school, then I cook dinner and clean, we do homework and all. I was like, that's 15 hours in a day that I've given to everybody else. So when yeah. do you see that, you know, dad take the time. So what I'm asking you to do is your first 15 minutes, knock out your chores, then you can do whatever you want for the rest of the day. Yeah. Right, and so that was it. But when I was building that out, I was like, literally, I, I had no time for me. Yeah. And I, I lost so much. Uh, and didn't realize that until I was kind of living on my own again, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, almost bachelorhood for for a moment. But um
2: And what I can tell you just for, and this is <laughs> I know I have to tread lightly when we do sort of the, the mom versus dad conversation because yeah. I know it's hard for everybody and I don't take yeah. that away. But one of the things for 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 women that's not always recognized is is for us, like just getting to go to work. Is something for you in comparison to not right <laughs> and and I'm not saying and, and I, 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 I no, that, I'm thinking
1: I'm thinking play the PlayStation you're thinking drive to work or get to, I know, you know like if only opposite. I could drive
2: to work and have <laughs> yeah. that hour of peace are you kidding me
1: That's like maybe even get a
2: coffee on the way <laughs> like I'm like oh my god you get to shower alone dude like it's
1: different <laughs> you know you don't have people walking into you in the bathroom you know it just oh. yeah, yeah no well
2: because like, you're supervising you have to <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean you Off, and so it's just so it's different, and you know, and as someone you know, I work from home, and so like like having having to create boundaries and getting support and not being like there's almost like this idea that you can somehow magically do a full time job from home and full time take care of a kid. It's impossible. You actually can't be doing two things at the same time. So um, anyway, so it's not to diminish any of what you're saying. I agree. I think one of the biggest things that happens in relationships and why you see so many relationships fall apart after a kid is at the, you know, within, within, the first couple of years, I think within those first, um, those first four years of children's lives, you know, my, like my parents divorced when I was two, not enough, you know, it fits right within, right within it is that we, yeah, we lose so we, we lose so much of ourselves. And I think even like for our generation too, we got that extra, well, at least I, I did anyway, that extra decade, like the twenties, like I didn't have kids in my twenties. So I really got to know what living an adult life You know, just me. I didn't, I didn't have a child until I was 30. I got pregnant at 35, 35, something like that. Um, so really like a good amount of my adulthood, which is great. I felt like I really got to live it up. Um, but also I had become used to it. I was attached to it. I I knew who I was and all of that, you know, or a lot of that changed after becoming a mom too. So it's, it's tricky. It's tricky for everybody.
1: For sure. So I think we're going to take another break right here, but what I'd love to just tease the audience with is what about when your power has awakened, but the other person is completely oblivious or unaware, whether it be the narcissist or whether it be just the person who's, who's selfish. I'd love to dive into some of your tips and tricks around that. We'll do that right on the other side of this break. You're listening to Rick Morris on the work life (laughs) balance.
0: the work-life balance. We like to ask simple
3: questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind. We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at PDWare.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDware. Join us at PDware.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to the Work Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program. At one 472 5790 Again, that's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. 472 5790 If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the work-life balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. So I'm going to set up a little situation here for you, Michelle. Just, I'm, I'm going to make it you know, as random as possible. Um, but when we start dealing with certain personalities and we're in our awakening, let's take something like, I don't know, like we're remodeling a bathroom or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, like, and, and so the partner goes, well, what do you want? You go, well, this is what I want. They go, well, no, I I want this. And you're like, no, that doesn't work for me. They go, well, I'm just trying to make you happy. It's like, well, if you want to make me happy, then this is what I want. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. And you're like, and so it just becomes so much of a fight that you just rather give up than stand your ground. But then the way I feel is every time you walk by the stupid bathroom, it's going to be another blow or reminder that they really didn't care. Like, how do you deal with a situation like that?
2: Well, something like that. I mean in that particular situation, neither party is right. So even that, like you saying, well, like why, you know, why should I be the one that disappointed? There must be a history of disappointment. Like there's baggage coming into that being such a big deal because really what I would say, if looking at that relationship, neither should be even considering an option that the other person doesn't want. You know, to give you another example, like naming children is an area where people also get really, yeah. really frustrated and they're like, but I really want this, but I really want that. Neither of you should even be entertaining the one that your partner is not also entertaining. Like that's partnership, right? So yeah, it's but, where do we overlap? Not how do I get what I want?
1: Well, but it, let's, let's take that situation a little bit further though. It's, it's not that neither one, um, I, I love that thought. Neither one should be entertaining something that they don't want. Um, uh, and I just had a really good point to that. That just went right out, right out of my head No, but, um, but essentially, um, it's the, the history is that they were going to do it anyway. Right. And after so many of those fights, you're like, uh, why am I, why even ask me? Yeah, why why well, would you so, even ask me? Yeah, that
2: Okay, got yeah. So, I mean, I can tell that there's more to this I like, just like, you know, than I than I'm aware of. So, it's a tricky thing yeah. to answer specifically without sure. really knowing the outs and the history behind it, right? But, you know, what I can say is with any of these kinds of things that turn into bickering or nagging or it feels like you're banging your head against the wall at these same conversations. Is that kind of like the theme yeah, that we're talking exactly. about here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. So in something like that, um, which I'm sure anyone listening in relationships can relate to because we all have those things where it's like how many times do I have to bring up that I care about composting and you don't, but yeah. like, can we please be a family who composts? Right. Yeah. Um, and no one wants to be the nag. So we all, anytime any of us are in that situation where we feel like we're nagging, begging or hugging. So while well, we want to just give up, it's like, you know what, maybe I should just say, you do you, I'll do me. And there is something to be said for that. And I think that to some degree that can be okay in terms of accepting certain differences and of of some values or ways that we do things right but if it is eating away at a core value like if it is something where you're like wow no like i now interpret this as being unloving from you or i feel disrespected or dishonored or you know like something that's a, like a value That's going to start disintegrating the relationship very, very quickly. And you're going to start collecting evidence for where that shows up. So nagging and arguing isn't, you might as well stop nagging and arguing about it because it probably isn't going to make a difference. What needs to start happening, and it likely will need to happen more than once, or be referred back to is a real conversation about that value and about the actual impact of that kind of situation and getting to the bottom of it. Because it may be like that feeling disrespected or feeling dishonored may be totally legitimate or it may be an interpretation of something that's happening. And without a real conversation, we don't really know. And and also the other person, may really be leaving you felt dishonored or disrespected or unloved, but they really may not realize the impact of that. And so it it needs to be on a yeah. very visceral level that kind of conversation. Cause just like hey, tick, 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 hey, don't do that, tick, 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 it just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. In my in my impersonal thing, so being being the baby of of five, right? Yeah kind of my stuff was, was an important thing. So if I bought something at the store, right. something as simple as that, it's not that I don't want to share it, whatever it's, it's if, if you took it and then I'm expecting it to be there, you didn't tell me or something and like that so it was yeah. and it was happening so often that I sat down and had that conversation. And I was like, this is, it's hurtful to me. It's disrespectful. Yeah. I know to you, there's just more at the store. And it, yeah. there was even, Oh, I'll go get more at the store and never did it. Right. Yeah. So every time I wanted it, I had to go get it and then it would be gone. Yeah. And so I was like, this is disrespectful. And they just kind of laugh it off. They go <laughs> yeah. like that. That's where I got yeah. to with that. And so I started, started saying, well, I'm just not going to go get it anymore. Right. So yeah. now I'm depriving myself. That, that's where I, I saw that relationship. Yeah. I think some of the other ones You know, what you could have done.
2: You could have just that. bought them one. Oh, we did, but they
1: would take them both.
2: (laughs) I see. Okay. Yeah. 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 And no,
1: no, I did a lot of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. Like to me, I think at the end, I, people will get it or not, but it's only through, here's the thing is people often want to know, is it worth having those kinds of conversations or isn't it? And we just don't know until we have them. Some people really are in their own world. Some people really do think the world turns because they're there or they live that way anyhow and won't get it and won't, take responsibility and won't get into your world. But our job as a part of a relationship is to is to help facilitate that as much as we can. And if we're the ones who are a little more emotionally involved, then we'll probably be the ones doing a little more legwork. And if it's not gonna if the relationship isn't gonna work, it's not gonna work but it's not going to be because I didn't try. And it's not going to be like, because so many relationships fail out of misunderstanding. It's insane out of like, honestly, not understanding the other person's perspective. So we have to, if we really value a relationship, we have to do our part to help the person understand and to, and to also practice understanding that person's perspective and find some, something that can kind of work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. I mean, we but know, let's take like, that
1: nine. let's take if it doesn't work so um basically you've you sat down and you said you, this is really important to me yeah and and there's there's nine of those that continues yeah. to be diminished yeah and then you just turn around and go you know almost in your own head you're like this person's never going to change the, the question I get often when, when you kind of come to that realization is well what do you do then
2: yeah um so I think it just needs to be a very candid conversation of really can. So I had, I had a conversation. This is getting a little personal here. I don't know if my hey, partner would want I've been sharing me- all kinds no, of stuff. No, I know. Right. Uh, but like I had a conversation <laughs> with this with my partner recently, because there were certain things that led me to question his character and, but I was doing the the nagging and feeling and like not wanting to change him, but also I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this isn't the person that I thought like, like, these are, these are new things to me. I didn't expect this. And I noticed myself lose, actually losing some respect for my partner, the father of my child, the love of my life. Like all these, I'm like... I I can see that there's something brewing in me that is not going to go well if I don't really deal with this. So I started the conversation by, by actually started by taking responsibility. Listen, I know I've been snippy with you. I can actually see now that somewhere along the way I've lost respect for you. And I know you can sense that. Am I right? And he's like, yeah, definitely. Okay. So this is super hard and uncomfortable and I don't want to hurt you at all, but I've been reflecting on some of the things that have happened along the way and I think I've pointed some of them out. Can we talk about them? And we did. And we did talk about them. And 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 some and I actually had said like why this is starting to really eat away at me is because you know, we chose each other because of each other's character and and our integrity and our commitment to grow and like all of these things But this stuff showing up is not matching that. And it's incredibly discouraging for me. And it has me question, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we're having like a real conversation about it. You know, one of the things that he had to deal with around it and that I was scared about is he was flip-flopping for a bit between this makes me want to be a better man. You know, the man that Mm -hmm. I really did do believe I am. And I got lazy and I got sloppy and I got these things. And then sometimes he'd be like, why bother? Whatever I do, it won't be enough which is like something I'm always really careful about when I have these kinds of conversations is I don't want someone to feel like they're not good enough. Cause we know that's a trigger for every human on the planet. Right. Um, and so, and, and, you know, so he would share that with me, which really helps me understand where, what he's grappling with. But I am also like, well, listen, honey, that's, that's gotta be something you choose. Like if the giving up being the person that you really believe you are, or you know, fighting, you know, practicing and we working together to do it. And I know I'm not perfect either. So let's talk about that too. And, you know, so that's what it literally has looked like in my life recently to give you a sense. Does that help? Does that? No,
1: it does. It does. And, and I, I'd love to, to get some help with some phrasing. So uh, I, I call them symptom fixer symptom fixers. Yes. So essentially you say, look, I'm not happy because I feel disrespected. Well, give me an example. Well, an example is you, you, you park behind me, you know, and I asked you not to do it. And you continue to do it when I asked you not to do it again. So then they stop parking behind you, but that's not fixing the problem. That was the, an example of the larger thing. How do we phrase that better to where we're really getting to the issue? Or if somebody's like demanding an example, like I don't do that. What do you mean? And you go, okay, well, here's an example of where I felt that. And they just diminish that. They just go right by it. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. Um well one thing I would, would just say, like if it like to you, Rick, if yeah. this is something that's happening yeah. a lot, I would actually look to why am I seeking relationships with people who treat me like shit? Like, that would actually be something worth looking at, right? Sure. Um, Like, why, like, and is there, like, a, I, I would just guess, right, for anyone listening who resonates with any of this, is there a parent that we didn't get that much, like, validation from that was a bit of a dick that, like, now that's playing out in our life over and over again where we surround ourselves with, you know, <laughs> bitches and dicks. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you Fair know? Um, And then if I can win that person over, then maybe I'm actually I am good enough. Like some subconscious version of that could be going on. That, that said sometimes though, like I said, sometimes it, it really is that we, and it's hard to know, it's really hard to know the difference between when is it really like, this is just generally a disrespectful human being who's just not going to get it versus I'm very easily triggered by these types of things. And when one thing happens, I create a world of disrespect from it. Right. So it's, it's tricky to know. So that's why I say, yeah, jumping into those conversations is, is a way that you can get to know that. And so there's so, 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 like, I think we make it a little significant, more significant than it needs to be. So I think it's like, if we can drop the, like the emotional drama from it, the baggage that we're carrying, the trigger, we kind of have to let that go. And, and it just kind of, I don't know for me, what I had just, cause I used to be such a pleaser and then I became the opposite way, way too honest and blunt. And now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to compassionately be brutally honest and clean it up if I need to afterwards yeah. and like, just sort of let it out. So for me, I'd probably be like, dude, why? Like, like, uh, like. You know, I don't know, maybe in that particular case, it would be like, dude, don't park behind me anymore. That's not cool. Um, If that's just the thing. But if it's actually like a number of things, I probably would say, listen, we got to talk here. I like there's there is something going on in our dynamic that we need to sort out. Are, are you aware of there being something off with our dynamic or, or shall I, yeah. shall I, is this just me? Something I need to t- we need to talk about because there's probably some sort of other side to it or not. But then you like, you got to say yeah. like, look, like I just sort of, I just feel like you're walking around doing this and it doesn't feel good. And maybe you don't mean to, and that's the thing that's important to say to people is maybe you really don't mean to, or you don't realize, and I can own my own interpretation and in dealing with my own triggers But if we're going to have a relationship like these, like we've got to, we've got to figure out something that's a, that's a fit for both of us.
1: Yeah. I had to flip from, I'm not going to give you a specific example. I'm just going to tell you how this makes me feel. Yeah. And that's, that, that was how I had to get through and it still didn't solve it, but I felt better at the explanation because it sounds so stupid when you say don't park behind me that that's such a simple little thing, but at the same time, it's such a simple little thing. Why don't you fix it? Like, do do I not care at all? You know, those types of things, but we're going to wrap up uh, this segment. We'll be right back with Michelle Baxo. we'll ask her the question we ask all of our guests uh, and you're listening to the work-life balance with Rick Morris.
3: Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet, and a software tool set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions. Like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project project impact our current portfolio find us at pdware.com and imagine
0: not manually compiling endless reports again are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes do you lack consistency in project delivery Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance.
1: And we're back to the work-life balance on this Friday afternoon. At fresh fresh off the presses, where it's being suggested that we either eat, have a support group or a mastermind around this. But I have a feeling, Michelle, you have a support group in which people can reach out to you and, and talk to you and, and have some of these conversations. How do they find you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, the best place to go first is my website, which is michellebaxo.com. And there's some different options there to to reach out to me to work with me privately. Um, I sometimes run group programs. I'm not currently, but that is something that usually once a year I do run as well. Um, but another great thing that's available is I have a, um, a private Facebook group called empowered women, the place for women who give a shit about being empowered. That's the, that's the subheading. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so that's a really great place too, where I offer, um, you know, free training segments and people can connect and talk everything really women empowerment. Um, but it's not to say men can't reach out, but they wouldn't be in that particular group. I was
1: going to say I'm out. That's it. Yeah, no.
2: So I don't have a face. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can just, but also like, you know, friend me on Facebook, everybody. It's fine. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like I'm open. I'm open with my Facebook. It's all good. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, no, but Facebook's the best place to, to find me and my website.
1: Outstanding. So the question we ask every guest is what is some of the best advice you've ever received?
2: Well, you know, I was thinking about this when when uh, when you mentioned it and, you know, I don't know if it was advice, but it made the biggest difference in my life when, when I had this conversation with my dad and it was actually dealing with something similar to what we were talking about, where I realized every time I went over there, I, I'd always end up, ha- my feelings would be hurt. Every time I would just wait for that thing where my feelings were hurt. And I finally talked to my dad about it. And, uh, and this was about, this was sort of when I first got into my personal development and, uh, and he was like, oh my gosh, Michelle, he goes, he goes, sometimes I'm just an idiot. He goes, I don't know what comes out of my mouth half the time. So please, whatever I say, please don't take it as being anything like, um, valid or anything. And that was mind blowing to me. And it altered not only my relationship with my dad, because I realized I was putting so much weight, so much emphasis. I was letting the words falling out of his mouth define me and my life and my relationships with men and women and authority figures and all these things. And when I took the weight off of it, not like to not hold them responsible, not to any of those things, but it just totally altered everything and freed me up so much. So not really advice as much as a response, but that's what came up for me when you, when you asked that question,
1: <laughs> you, you just triggered so. so my, my daughter's going to be 20 next month. Um, and at 17, she had that awakening with me. And, and I was just, I, I was being uh, goofy, but she came in and she was like laying something down on me. And I started to look for something behind my desk. And she's like, what are you looking for? I said, the manual that came with you at your birth. Cause like, I don't know. And, and she just had this moment. She was like, wait a minute you've been making this all up. And I was like, yeah, you're the test baby. Like we screwed you up so bad. <laughs> I was like, that's why baby number two is much better. But baby number one, like we made every possible mistake with you. I yeah. said, "No, But I didn't know, like I, I yeah. did my best. I did. I, I was the best person I could be at the time always. Yeah. And that was like this, but she, you could just see on her face that that was that same moment that you yeah. just had mind blowing. Like, dad doesn't know he's just been making it up as it goes along <laughs> yeah
2: where it's like I don't know about her but for me I had this internal dialogue of being like you don't know me you don't know what life is really like <laughs> la, 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 la. like this whole argument going on it was like always fighting with him when not we weren't even fighting we never fought actually it was all just on the inside and oh to be able to let that go my god yeah amazing <laughs>
1: So, what about final words? Final advice uh, for people that that have been struggling? And let's let's tailor the advice of you. You're either at the point that you're going to make the ultimate decision, or you've made the decision, but you're stuck in limbo. What what advice can you give to them?
2: When you say made the decision, what do you mean?
1: That to to end a relationship.
2: To end a relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think that the like cuz i also think sometimes we stay in relationships way too long when they really should be over right so i think what's important is to is to take a personal development approach to to all of our relationships and everything we do it's just a, something i just believe in firmly Um, That is to say, we can never be the only one taking responsibility for a relationship. So, um, and that's one of the traps. We didn't really talk about it um, as much in this. So, you know, for, for anyone here as a, like, as a strong human being, who's in a relationship at, is in a terrible relationship, if you are in one um, you know, I would say the first place to look is, okay, like, how can I take responsibility? It's always a good place to look. Have I trained someone to treat me like crap? Could I maybe train them a different way? Can I tolerate different things? Can I have real conversations, like really, like really do the, have the hard talks, go to the vulnerable places, really share and, you know, all of it, right? Like that's part of taking responsibility. Um, and if we're, and, and, you know, if it really isn't, going to change, then like it is a gift to you and the other human being and all the people around you to clean that slate, right? To, to clean that slate. And that also comes from a, you know, a vulnerable, real, honest conversation as well.
1: But some people don't see that as a gift. They feel like that they're the bad person or, or, or they have to be the bad person to make the decision. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I probably stayed way too long. Um, in service of my kids thinking I was doing them a favor and what I was doing was teaching them how to live in an unhealthy household. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, hindsight's 2020, right? And so now you maybe would do it differently, but maybe that was part of the journey you needed to go through to really, cause Because there was those two parts of you pulling and you didn't want to just give up on something without you feeling like you gave it your all. So it's important for all of us. I do think it's important for all of us to feel like we gave it our all, but we need to be really honest with ourselves about what that what all really is and it doesn't mean give ourselves away it doesn't mean sell ourselves out it doesn't mean drag something through the mud um and you know until you have two disintegrated human beings right so that's where I think it's we can't be inside of tolerating can't be what giving it our all is it needs to really be real conversations whether that's counseling or, or group, you know, group therapy or person, you know, everyone does the landmark forum in the family or whatever yeah. it is. Right. Um, like that stuff and, and, and the real conversations that come from that, that's what giving it your all is not just like, I'm going to numb myself or, um, you know, whatever we do just like put a, create a barrier so I can tolerate this until the kids go to college. Like that's different. Yeah, but we have to learn that we all you know, I think a lot of us have to learn it. Um, And so not that everyone has to go through it, you know, but there's always to some degree, we have to kind of go a little too far somewhere to realize we're not going to go quite that far again the next time, right?
1: For sure. For sure. Michelle, we certainly appreciate you. I I have a ball with you every time and we'll have to get you back again soon.
2: Would love to. Yeah. Thanks so much.
1: I, I think there's so much more that, that we're leaving on the table here that we, we just start to scratch the surface and then an hour flew by. I mean, that's I know. crazy. <laughs> I know. That's
2: I'm when excited. you know when you're having yeah. fun. It's great. Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: And so listeners, thank you so much. Thanks for the immediate feedback as well from the, from the listeners. I always love that always to make sure that we try to adapt and react. If you would like to be one of those listeners that gives us that feedback, you can hit me up at, at Rick A. Morris on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at rickamorris.com Rick or com. Find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. As, as Michelle is, I'm open as well. Come join us. Come have a ball. Until next Friday, we hope that you live your own work-life balance, and we'll talk to you then.